This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville Speedway, and 10th Street next to Ben Davis High School for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help you with your home, life, auto, or business needs. And our phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. And you're always welcome to stop in at 480 East Northfield Drive, Suite 300 in Brownsburg. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall. In just a little bit, we're going to speak with Nick Xenopoulos of the Brownsburg Lions Club. They've got that huge 4th of July parade coming up on Tuesday. That is such a staple and has been for so many years in the town of Brownsburg. And our own Shane Ray sat down with uh, Nick to talk about that. So that is coming up. But first, my big interview today was with Indiana Secretary of State Connie Lawson. Connie recently sat down in front of the U.S. Select Committee on Intelligence. And she was asked to do that as the president-elect of the National Association of Secretaries of State, talking about election security. Everything these days, Russia, 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 hack, hack, hack. And, uh, well, we've had Connie on this show before talking about this very topic, but wanted to sit down with her. Of course, Connie Lawson, one of Hendricks County's great citizens from right in beautiful Danville, Indiana. Wanted to sit back down with Connie, talk about the whole experience of testifying in front of the Intelligence Committee. Here's that conversation. Well, Connie, it was super exciting to be watching Fox News, and there you are. How do you end up in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee? Well, we found out that they were having a hearing on uh, cyber security as it was related to the Russians and elections. And so we asked our National Association of Secretaries of State asked to have a seat at the table, and they were more than willing to have us there. In fact, they added myself and some other election officials. Now, tell us about the National Association of Secretaries of State. I've been learning a lot about them, especially <laughs> since your testimony. Tell us about the organization. Well, it's been around for a number of years, uh, probably well over a hundred years, and it is the uh, association that all secretaries um, are welcome to join. Not all do, but most do. But there are 40 secretaries of state across the country who are the chief election officials. So, you know, all of those secretaries will have business services. Uh, some will have securities like I do. Um, most do not have auto dealers. I think I may be one of a very, very few, but 40 of us do have elections. So it's an opportunity to, you know, join an organization and be educated on the current issues and to stay relevant and to, you know, to uh, 
cooperate with federal and, and uh, local level election officials. And you'll be the president well. of that organization next year, right? I will. I'll be sworn in the last day of the conference that's here in Indianapolis, uh, July 7th through the 10th. And on the 10th of July, uh, the very last thing we will do is I will be sworn in as president. Now, how do they decide who's going to get to testify? Because I assume this is a big one. So they're going to want to put their best foot forward to testify in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee. Well, it normally would have gone to the current president who was uh, on vacation at the time, and I believe even out of the country. So as the incoming president, I was asked to, if I would be willing to do that. And of course, I wanted uh, the National Association of Secretaries of State to have a seat at the table, so I was more than willing to do it. So something you wanted to do? Yes, absolutely. Because a lot of people, that'd be very nerve-wracking, because you know every camera, every news station is filming this. A lot of people would say, no thanks. Well, it was I, it was nerve-wracking, but honestly, the uh, preparation, uh, I would say I was more stressed out on Tuesday afternoon as, as the staff was trying to help me prepare for the testimony than I was when I got there. I think my, my years in the Indiana Senate and testifying before Senate committees, uh, was a, it really was a, a benefit to me when I was there. Speaking with Indiana Secretary of State Connie Lawson, okay, so take us through um, what the preparation is, is like, just a very high level, how you get ready to testify in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee. Well, of course, we knew the subject matter, so we worked, and each, um, each witness was allowed a five-minute um, testimony. And so the staff and I went through what the talking points should be, and then we had to hone it down, you know, to, to make sure that we were within that five minutes, but yet have it relevant to the subject matter. So we worked on that first, and then, honestly, we kind of played the adversarial role, or at least the staff did. Secretary, what would you say if one of the senators asked you this question? So there's two so. parts to it. you got to get your opening statement down, and then you got to be prepared for these questions you're Absolutely, yes. Um, who got to play the, who got to be the adversary? Because you hear this in <laughs> debates all the time, the mock debates that so-and-so plays the opponent. You probably had to have some pretty good people behind you because you wanted to be prepared. Well, we really only had from uh, actually late Friday evening uh, until Wednesday to get this done. Of course, the week was in between in between that so we really didn't have a mock debate but we had several um, knowledgeable staff members in this room uh, helping me decide you know what the questions might be and and, and come up with a, an, an answer it probably helps too and we'll get into what you said in just a moment but it probably helps too because Indiana has had such a great track record in terms of elections and our voter ID law that you're somebody up there that's had a lot of success with elections I think Indiana has had and it was um, I was actually surprised that many of the questions were Indiana specific and so uh, I thought they would be driven more towards the National Association and what what the position of, of the National Association was on certain issues but I did have several questions that were more relevant to the state of Indiana. How much did your time as a state senator help because you've been through these hearings before? I think it helped a great deal. As I mentioned, it was it was nerve wracking. But you know, by the time I got to the table to testify, my nerves calmed down, and I just felt like I was at home. There's a lot of history in that room. Does that like play on your mind when you're in there about all these people that have been there, the history of the testimony that's been given there? I mean, it's a historic thing. It really was, and it was it was quite a quite a room. You know, when we arrived, we were told to go to the front of the line, let them know that we were a witness, and they did. It's like being at the head table at a wedding. That's that's right. right. The they the they line. took us back to a holding room, and all of the panelists came out at the same time, a little more formal than what we do here in the state of Indiana at a Senate committee. Um, but it was very historic. And, you know, I saw 
you know, names of senators and saw the senators who you hear about all the time. You know, Dianne Feinstein was there, Marco Rubio, uh, obviously Chairman Burr from North Carolina. You hear these names and you see these people on the news, but they're actually there asking you questions. So it was very historic for me. Did you get the sense they were looking for something or were they really just trying to get information from you? I think they were just trying to get information. You know, the way the Senate Intel Committee works is that each senator, well, the chairman and the vice chairman have a five-minute opening statement. And then as, as uh, after one witness is, uh, gives their testimony, uh, then each senator is given five minutes to either on the committee, uh, each senator on the committee is giving, given five minutes to either make a statement and or ask questions of the witnesses. So it is very time consuming. And so sometimes they just want to make a statement and other times they'll be asking questions. And it was obvious which ones had been uh, had prepped themselves more than the others. <laughs> so it's just like any other job. There's people who do a little more homework and are a little better prepared when they walk in. I felt that way. I mean, you could, I could tell by the questions that were asked if someone was informed about the issues or not. Now, you said some things that were very interesting. I want to get into a couple of them. Um, uh, and by the way, your current president is a Democrat, and she's backed up. She had previously said all the things that you said um, in, in, in this front of this testimony. You're the current Secretary of State Association president is a, is a Democrat. Um, you said that you, your organization was essentially not alerted to any major concerns over hacking. Is that right? It was similar to that, so let me just you know take you back. Um, the Department of Homeland Security has made a statement um, after the election uh, that there were no credible threats during that last fall, but then they also said that um, there were 21 states who had had um, Russian uh, or nation state uh, entities uh, essentially rattling the doorknobs to see if our systems had any openings where they could get in. Uh, it, but we've never seen the list of the 21 states. So the federal government still hasn't provided that? No. No. Why do you think that is? I mean, this is such a huge deal if that's out there. Have, have they let you know why they're not giving you that information? Because it'd be very helpful for you to have that, right? The answer from DHS was that they notify the owners of the systems who have been penetrated or scanned. Um, and uh, obviously, Indiana did not own one of those systems, as was what I have to believe, the reason we haven't seen the list. But they would not make that list public. They said that they were notifying the owners of the systems. Again, our guest, uh, Indiana Secretary of State Connie Lawson, talking about her uh, testimony in front of the uh, United States Senate Intelligence Committee. Um, one of the things that you have said before on this show, in fact, and, and uh, other interviews we've done, that it's pretty much impossible to hack uh, the U.S. election system. You kind of went into that as well during your testimony. Talk a little bit about why it would be so hard to hack the U.S. election system. Well, our election system, as far as casting votes, is so decentralized. You know, we've got 92 counties here in Indiana, uh, 92 ways of, of, of running the election as long as they're uh, observing state law. Uh, we have over 5,000, I believe, 800 precincts in the state of Indiana. And, you know, our voting machines are not connected to the Internet. The uh, tabulation machines are not connected to the Internet. They're not connected to one another. So it would be virtually impossible to have someone, uh, through a cyber threat, 
uh, change any results of any election. And, and I just need to say that there was no evidence of either changing of any votes, and, and there is no reason to question the result of the November 8th, 2016 election. Yeah, and your fellow members have essentially said the same thing too, right? These other states, whether Democrat or Republican, they've said, we've seen no evidence of this. That's correct. Um, as a Secretary of State, obviously you're in charge of elections in Indiana. Uh, what changes are, are, are you planning to make, or is there anything you're planning to do to deal with this alleged allegation of Russian hacking, which, as you've said, you haven't seen any evidence of it, so what do you do? Well, I will tell you that security has always been a priority for the state of Indiana, and I think for every chief state election official. As we learn more uh, and and uh, get more reports about you know what could happen, obviously we're stepping up our game. We've uh, we are working on a communication system with the counties and our own Indiana Information Sharing Analysis Center, and and. Department of Homeland Security and our Office of Technology, we had cooperation with those groups already, but we're just stepping up the game. And we've asked our um, uh, project manager, our, our quality control folks regarding our election system, what can we do in addition to what we've already been doing? And so we've been talking about that, and we're trying to uh, work on those improvements to the system. But I felt that it was very secure already, but we're, like I said, we're stepping up the game. Your testimony was really interesting to watch. And you mentioned the term rattle the doors, that mm -hmm. the Russians, mm -hmm. and I'm sure other entities have done this before, right? I mean, it's not something new that someone would want to mess with our election system, right? Or see if they could, right? You know, our uh, our state, of the state of Indiana gets scanned and probed and people are rattling the doorknobs looking for a way to get into our systems. I'm sure hundreds if not thousands of times a day and that's been going on for years and years uh, i think that um, because of the success that um, was made in illinois because someone did get into the state of illinois statewide voter registration system someone did get into a county in arizona's uh, computers um, it made us realize that, look, we're going to have to be communicating, sharing this information, making sure when people see an IP address that shouldn't have you know, been scanning your system, that we notify everybody so that they can protect themselves from that, that IP address penetrating our systems. Again, Rob Kendall speaking with Indiana Secretary of State Connie Lawson. One of the things that is very is spelled out in the Constitution is the elections belong to the states. However, there's some talk with the federal government, and I know some things they've sent to you about declaring elections critical infrastructure. Is there a concern that the federal government is going to try to take over uh, at least an election for president? That's been a concern for the National Association and myself since the designation was made on January the 6th. We actually had some conversation with former Secretary Jay Johnson uh, prior to that designation, but never really got in writing or really verbally uh, what those parameters were going to be and what it would mean. So of course, until you know exactly what it means, um, then you have a concern. And I have a concern that it's the constitutional responsibility of the states to run elections. And uh, having the federal government uh, in our uh, telling us, you know, where our polling locations need to be or, or you know, where, how we count ballots or how we audit the elections and, and um, even being having a presence here on Election Day would be very concerning, I think, for anybody here in the state of Indiana or any chief election official. So we have concerns about those parameters. In the few minutes we have left with you, I, I want to ask you this because, as you said, 
for a very long time, lots of people, both foreign governments, domestic hackers, whatever, have been trying to get into U.S. election systems. Why is it now such a big deal? What has it been about this election that now all of a sudden there's all these hearings and investigations and everything else? What has triggered this? Have they told you? I believe it was triggered simply because uh, there was a, a successful uh, hack into the DNC's, the D uh, Democrat National Committee's emails. And, and the, um, the thought process is that it was done because someone wanted to uh, influence the election. And so that basically has started it. Uh, but again, that was the campaign system. That wasn't a, a state system. It was a national uh, campaign system that was hacked. All right, let's close with this, something positive. What was the best part about your experience of going to Washington, D.C. To, to testify in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee? Well, again, it was an honor to represent uh, the National Association. We needed to have a seat at the table. It was an honor to be um, to represent Indiana as well. Um, but uh, I think the, the most important or the most exciting thing for me was I got to be in that Senate Intelligence uh, Historic uh, Committee room and speak to the senators who were there. And actually, uh, Senator Roy Blunt, who is a former Secretary of State, uh, stayed around uh, after the committee meeting, and we got to have a few moments to have a, a nice conversation. So it was good to see him. Well, you did a great job. You represented our state so well. Thank you for your service. And uh, thank you for taking a few moments to share with us your experience and, and uh, give us some insight on how this whole election security system works. Thanks, Rob. Special thanks to Indiana Secretary of State Connie Lawson. Take a quick break. Up next, WYRZ's own Shane Ray speaks with Nick Zanopoulos of the Brownsburg Lions Club about the big 4th of July parade. You're listening to Central Indiana Today. Participate in global diplomacy and bring the world to the Hoosier State and your home. AUSA is a top-tier nonprofit agency that matches exceptional high school students with qualified host families for a rewarding exchange experience that cultivates leadership skills, develops intercultural awareness, and enhances local families and communities. For more information about hosting a student or studying abroad, visit www.ayusa.org. That's www.ayusa.org or call 415 415- 231-3871. That's 415-231-3871. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. You're listening to Central Indiana Today. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us. Our own Shane Ray had a chance to sit down with Nick Zanopoulos of the Brownsburg Lions Club. Of course, they host that huge parade on the 4th of July every year in the town of Brownsburg. It is a staple of the community. And uh, Shane had a chance to sit down and talk with Nick about the big event. Here's that conversation. Shane Ray for Central Indiana Today. I am filling in this particular interview for Mr. Rob Kendall. And uh, certainly glad he let us do that. I am in the studio with Nick Zanopoulos. He is with the Brownsburg Lions Club. And we're going to get a little bit more into um, Nick's 
association with the Lions Club here in just a little bit. How is Nick this uh, this afternoon? Just great, just great. Good. Thank you. Glad to hear that. Now let's get a little bit of your history. You've been on this show before, but it's been a little while, right? This has been about a year ago. Yeah, with uh, Mr. Rob Candle. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. And now let's talk a little bit about why you were here. You are were and still are part of the Brownsburg Lions Club, right? I'm I've been a member for 27 years now. I have done practically a little of everything for the club. I strongly believe in service to our community and our world as far as that goes. And uh, this is what motivates me to be a member of Brownsburg Lions Club. Let's go back into a little bit of your history. Where are you from? I I was born and raised in northern Greece in a small village. Yeah. I had the privilege and the honor to immigrate here 50 years ago pretty soon. Hmm. Uh, it's been an honor. I've been blessed in so many ways to, to to be able to immigrate to the greatest country in the world. Yeah. And, it, and what brought you specifically to Brownsburg? Uh, we had nothing when I was growing up. Uh, and this is why I ended up... Uh, I, first of all, I came to Indianapolis, then moved to Brownsburg in 1976. Mm-hmm. Built our home in here and brought my family here to Brownsburg. And it's been a it's been a very good community for us. The school system and, and everybody else so nice, and we just love this community. Yeah, and you have kids that went to Brownsburg. We do, right? we do. We graduate two boys. Two of my sons went to Brownsburg High School and graduate, uh, and now they're working there on their own, and they're still in the area. Are they part of? Are they? Uh, they help out with the Lions Club. Joy does. Yeah. My oldest one. I thought so. My oldest one. Every <laughs> once in a while. They're busy with yeah. their work and their families. You know, uh, I don't know. We didn't uh, do like a pre-interview or anything, but I know you well enough to know. Uh, you mentioned a little earlier that uh, you had a, a call. I, I don't know if that's the proper way to say it, but a call to service, a dedication. What uh, in your life made you say, I really feel the need to, to help others? It all started uh, back at home when I was eight years old with my mother. Mm-hmm. We had nothing. We practically had nothing. We, uh, we grew up in one-room house. But I remember my mother, she was so caring and concerned about other people, even less, worse off than we were. Mm. And every time she prepared a meal, she asked me when I was eight years old to deliver that, that meal to somebody in the village less fortunate. Mm. That left me with the impression, you know, and other things that she was watching out for people and help them out when they were ill and go and service and clean them or whatever, whatever needed to be done. Uh, she was a service-oriented minded individual. Uh, she always believed in, in sharing and helping other people. And that's what uh, left me with a big in- impression. And uh, later on, of course, when I immigrated here and moved to Brownsburg, uh, I met the Lions. Mm -hmm. And I saw something that what my mother used to do. They want to help out their community and try to make a difference in our world. And uh, right there and then, I wanted to be a Lion. Mm. So it's been a great, in the past 27 years. Well, Well, now... Well, uh, uh, let's talk about some of those services that the Lions Club does. What are some of the things at the Lions Club? We have major five major projects here in Indiana. We support the School for the Blind. Mm-hmm. We do physical labor for them, cleaning their school and financial, financial support. We have speech and hearing program. We help children with the hearing aids program. We call it a loaner program. Once they get it, they, they get to keep it. For people, of course, they can't afford it. Mm-hmm. 
I'm also involved with the Indiana Alliance Eye and Tissue Bank. Uh, I've been on the board of directors there for the past 13 years, and presently I'm serving as the chairman of the board. Uh, what we do there, we recover cornea from donors, and we, we sell it to the doctors for people who have insurance and also help the ones that cannot afford the surgery or the exams. We're trying to help them out by by donating our services that they don't have to pay nothing, providing they qualify for it. Hmm. And the other project that we support is the Leader Dog Program for the Blind. Uh, the school of that is in Rochester, Michigan, which monetary we support them and uh, send people who request our services uh, and visually impaired individuals who need our help so they get a free dog mm -hmm. for, for them to get around. And the other one is the cancer control, which we support the cancer uh, hospital there downtown at our UMAT Center uh, in a big way. We have an individual there. She is a lion. She is very helpful. Her name is Dottie Flagg. So if anyone goes for uh, those kind of, unfortunately, those kind of services, she's there to help out and make accommodations for them to stay somewhere in hotels, people from out of town. All of these, uh, the, the Lions of Indiana, we support these projects. Besides those projects, each club individually contributes to their local community at Christmas time and other events, and we sponsor. And the same thing here with us in Brownsburg. Mm -hmm. We have other, other things, projects that we support. And yeah. it, it's, this is inspiring, inspiring, you know, uh, things that we do. I think if we all pitch in and help each other out, it'll make it a better world. Yeah. So Let's talk a little bit about a, a couple, get a little more, as they say, hyper-local here in Brownsburg. Do you still do the breakfast? We we don't do the breakfast okay, anymore. Okay, but that, that went on for years and years, It right? went on for years. Uh, we did not have enough support, and we had a lot of food left over, which mm. in return to donate it to other folks that, sure. that needed some help. But uh, it, we just kind of pushed it aside. We do other things right now. We sell fruit for Christmas. Mm. And also the 4th of July extravaganza, which is one of our biggest event, biggest fundraising event. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that since we're so close to it now. Uh, when do, Now that all starts, is it tonight? It started yesterday, yesterday with the carnival. Okay, right. And also tonight, the carnival through the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. But our kitchen will be open tomorrow for a food service. Okay. Oh. And there is uh, more than just a carnival going on. There's uh, the big parade is coming up on there 4th of July. There is a parade coming up. We're all excited. And that parade, we've been uh, doing that parade for 52 years now. Mm -hmm. And it's getting bigger and better. Mm -hmm. And we're proud to say our, our uh, honorable governor, state of governor, he's coming to our parade this year. So hope uh, everybody's invited to participate and all be spectators or in the parade so they can uh, watch the parade. It's a good parade. Yeah, it is a good parade. And I believe it's well known uh, over most, if not all, of the state of Indiana. I think so. I think so. For the governor to come here, he must know something about our parade. <laughs> so it's nice to, for the governor to come and be in our parade. Now, uh, full disclosure to the listener, WIRC he plans on participating in the parade this year and uh, I was at the uh, the um, uh, what do you call it the, the refresher so to speak for all the drivers all the entries uh, the meeting and uh, some of the things that were mentioned was uh, well how many entries are there do you remember there are 89 entries mm -hmm. of course 
some of the entries, there are more than one vehicle. Right. For example, the antique tractors, yeah. there are 10, 12 of them. And Corvette Or the Club. Corvette Club, mm-hmm. the same way. That's considerable one entry. The parade lasts approximately about an hour and 15, an hour and 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Depends on how fast they move. Sure. But uh, approximately 10,000 people enjoy watching the parade. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, this year we had to reverse the parade. Yeah. And uh, we're starting from the park, from Arbuckle Park. And then we're going to go south on 267, east on College, and then south on Odell Street. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, we finished the parade in the front of the high school on Sycamore Street. Yeah. It totally in reverse. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Also, once again, uh, a guy who helps us out here at the radio station, Steve Pyatt. He'll be doing announcing, right? He is an exceptional individual, Steve Pyatt. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is going to announce the parade as usual every year. He does a fantastic job. We truly appreciate him. He's going to be at the intersection on 267 and 136. Mm-hmm. So for, uh, for our participant, we ask our participant for briefly for one second to introduce themselves so Steve can announce them in the parade. Yeah. He's, he's an excellent individual to he help is. us out. He is. He does so much for the community. Uh, we yes. really appreciate him. Yes, he does. But now as far as the parade goes and all of this, uh, all of the extravaganza, you have uh, a lot of other people helping out. On top of the Lions Club members uh, volunteering, you have some, uh, some financial contributions, right? Yes, yes. You know, this is a pretty big event, and without the community helping us, that it's not possible. Mm-hmm. It's not possible. I, on behalf of Brownsburg Lions Club, I want to thank the police department. Mm-hmm. They put a lot of many hours in there. Oh, They've yeah. been excellent help. The parks department, they're there for us. And also our contributors, financial support from uh, different folks from our community here. Our fireworks cost a lot of money nowadays, Mm -hmm. so without their help, that's not possible. And it's something we wanted to continue for for our community, the families, you know, for the 4th of July so they can enjoy the fireworks and the parade. Uh, If I may, I'd like to mention those uh, individuals who helped us out financially. Mm -hmm. Uh, Blue River Pharmacy, uh, I want to thank them for their Mm -hmm. uh, generous contribution. Hendricks County Regional Health also, Hendricks County Bank, also Bill Estes Ford, and few others, and all the participants, mm-hmm. all the participants pitch in some, some kind of monetary there, even the people who participate in the parade. Everybody was generous so we can come close to, to our paying our bills for the 4th of July. Like I said, with our community participation and, and help from everybody, uh, it's just not possible. Well, you know, the, you mentioned something there. The Lions Club is responsible for putting on the fireworks and everything else. And there's been a misconception in the past that uh, we, you guys try to combat. And I don't know, that's not really the right word, but just try to make sure everybody understands. It's not the town of Brownsburg. It's in cooperation with the Parks Department and yes. things. But you guys are the ones that are uh, that are making sure all of that happens, right? Yes. Strictly, that's a Lions Club event. Yeah. The fireworks, the parade, and the activities in the park. And we want to thank the town of Brownsburg for allowing on the police department and the parks department to yeah. be part of it and help us out. If, if folks want more information, there's a website they can go to, There's right? a website. It's a brownsburglionsclub.org. Mm-hmm. They can clip, click on the parade or 4th of July extravaganza. There's additional information if anyone wants 
you know, it's interest to find out more about the event. Sure, and even after Fourth of July, even you guys the of post July. stuff there all the time, events, that kind of stuff. That is that is on our website year round. Yeah. Uh, from time to time, we put changes on there. It depends what we have to do, and if we have something more than what we do, we put it on our website. Now, uh, bouncing back just a little, you're not going to be here for the parade, right? Unfortunately, I'm not. I'm leaving for Chicago today. Uh, I've been elected for uh, international director for our organizations, and uh, that, that's, uh, that's a pretty big deal for me. Uh, sure. It's a dream come true to, uh, to serve our, not only our community, our organization, and the world around us. I like the idea of being able to serve. Mm-hmm. I encourage people to, to find a way to serve and help one another. Sure. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing. It makes you feel good about it. Uh, I've been traveling to Mexico. This is my fifth year for the iGlass mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the chairman of the board for the iBank, I traveled abroad too. We helped out the, a lot of other banks, other mm-hmm. iBanks around the world. So uh, it just uh, it inspiring, inspiring effort. And uh, I'm going to be moving to Chicago. There'll be uh, approximately uh, 50,000 lions in Chicago from all over the world. We are in 208 countries around the world at 1.45 million members. That's one of the largest uh, humanitarian organization in the world. Hmm. And I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah. Uh, people who donate to Lions, uh, 100% of that donation goes out to, need, to help people in need. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty proud of that. Now, you mentioned something there I don't think I was aware of. You're actually moving to Chicago soon? I am not going to move to Chicago, oh. but I, yeah, I'm going to travel to Chicago. Gotcha. Okay. For the next nine days. Gotcha. Okay. I'm and probably gonna, be making some more uh, trips over time. Yes. Yes. Uh, we're we're practically scheduled uh, to go to Chicago. Then after that, I find out what I'll schedule would be. Uh-huh. I know we're going to travel at least four four or five times outside the country for board meetings elsewhere. Sure. Uh, my first trip is in Dubai. Wow. And from there, we'll travel to India. And then when we come back, it's Miami. And our, our next two meetings, I'm not uh, aware where they're going to be, but I'm sure that's somewhere in Europe or in Asia. Yeah. So uh, that's a board meetings. The organization has 34 board members from all over the world, and they, uh, they oversee the 208 countries, make decisions for, the, for our organization. A great place to be. Now, after you see all of these places, are you going to become bored with Brownsburg? Little old Brownsburg? No. I will never forget <laughs> my friends. I, I love this town, and uh, it's been good to us. And I, I want to you know, do whatever I can to make a little difference in this town. And uh, I have a lot of friends where I've had a lot of respect for. <laughs> Friendship means a lot to me. Yeah. Well, you mean a lot to the town of Brownsburg, and I'm sure you do to the Lions as well. So, Thank Nick, uh, have we covered everything? Pretty well, pretty well. I just want to final say, you know, mm-hmm. if I want to wish everybody, everyone in our town and around town, and participants and uh, and spectators, have a wonderful, happy Fourth of July mm-hmm. and a safe holiday. And I want to thank. Again, the police department for participating with us, for helping us out. Without them, we can't do it. Our parks department and um, the whole community 
for their support over the years. This is their 88 years, like I said earlier. Wow. If I may, one more thing. Sure. I, I forgot my buddy Jim Jones. Okay. Jim Jones is part of this parade for years. Uh, he's been a partner with me on this parade, and as I go away now for the for the Fourth of July, he'll be taking over, so he'll be helping out with that. So big thanks to Jim Jones. Well, Nick, we certainly do appreciate you being our guest today on Central Indiana Today, and uh, we wish you the best on your trip and just come home safe. Thank you for having me here. Nick Zanopoulos of the Brownsburg Lions Club. Thanks to Shane Ray for doing that interview. We'll take a quick break. More on the way next. You're listening to Central Indiana Today. Rob Kendall here speaking with Donald James from Impact Youth Mentoring. Donald, what is Impact Youth Mentoring? Rob, we are a not-for-profit group pairing mentors with at-risk youth in Hendricks County and developing tomorrow's leaders. How long has Impact Youth been around and how many children have been impacted? We were formed in 2011 and have impacted more than 125 kids through our mentoring and after-school tutoring services. So how can folks get involved with Impact Youth? We are always in need of some good folks who are interested in becoming a mentor for children in Hendricks County who could use mentoring. And if someone wants more information? You can find us on Facebook by searching Impact Youth Mentoring or at our website, impactyouthmentoring.org. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. You're listening to Central Indiana Today. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks to Indiana Secretary of State Connie Lawson as well as Nick Zanopoulos of the Brownsburg Lions Club for being our guest today. Thanks for Shane Ray for, uh, for doing that interview as well with Nick Zanopoulos of the Lions Club. Don't forget, if you missed any part of today's show, check out the podcast anytime you want. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes. Download the show right to your smartphone or tablet. Go back and listen anytime you want. Just search Central Indiana Today. As always, the podcast presented by McDonald's. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall saying have yourself a great evening. You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency. An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall. This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville Speedway, and 10th Street next to Ben Davis High School for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. And our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. And you're always welcome to stop in at 480 East Northfield Drive, Suite 300 in Brownsburg. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group. Participate in global diplomacy and bring the world to the Hoosier State and your home.
AUSA is a top-tier nonprofit agency that matches exceptional high school students with qualified host families for a rewarding exchange experience that cultivates leadership skills, develops intercultural awareness, and enhances local families and communities. For more information about hosting a student or studying abroad, visit www.ayusa.org. That's www.ayusa.org or call 415 415- Two three one three eight seven one. That's four one five two three one three eight seven one. Hey, Hendricks County, this is radio and TV commentator Abdul Hakim Shabazz, the editor and publisher of IndiePolitics.org. It's a place where smart Hoosiers get their news. Although the state house is just a few miles away, we know sometimes it seems like a million miles. But you know what? When it comes to issues like road funding, schools, putting more Hoosiers to work, and fighting the drug epidemic, those issues hit close to home. That's why we want you to bookmark IndiePolitics.org. At IndiePolitics.org, we bring you in-depth comprehensive coverage of the big issues faced in Indiana. And we also bring you Indiana's newsmakers in their entirety. And here's what's even better doesn't cost you a thing. So pay us a visit, indypolitics.org. It's where smart Hoosiers get their news. This is Amanda Johnson with Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a locally owned ice cream shop located at 1022 East Main Street in Brownsburg. We offer delicious ice cream cones, sundaes, shakes, malts, and bubble tea. Wiley's is open Sunday through Thursday, 1230 to 9, Friday and Saturday, 12 to 9.30. More information about our flavors and specialty Sundays can be found on our Facebook page or Instagram account by searching Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today. Go Bulldogs! This is Jody Harley with Brownsburg Academy. Brownsburg Academy provides child care for families with classes focusing on child development. Brownsburg Academy provides daily activity reports, progress reports, and monthly newsletters to parents. Our hours of operations are 6 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Brownsburg Academy is located at 685 Patrick Place. More information can be found at brownsburgacademy.com or by calling 317-858-8033. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. Rob Kendall here, speaking with Donald James from Impact Youth Mentoring. Donald, what is Impact Youth Mentoring? Rob, we are a not-for-profit group pairing mentors with at-risk youth in Hendricks County and developing tomorrow's leaders. How long has Impact Youth been around and how many children have been impacted? We were formed in 2011 and have impacted more than 125 kids through our mentoring and after-school tutoring services. So how can folks get involved with Impact Youth? We are always in need of some good folks who are interested in becoming a mentor for children in Hendricks County who could use mentoring. And if someone wants more information? You can find us on Facebook by searching Impact Youth Mentoring or at our website, impactyouthmentoring.org. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.